Forgotten Heroes podcast all about comic book heroes, villains, and their lesser-known variants. I am your host, Zach, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. Chris, how you doing? I'm pretty good. <laughs> I am... I don't know. The The guy we're talking about today is kind of weird. The, the individuals well, the guy, we're talking about today is kind of weird. Are kind of Yeah, sorry. English teacher. Is um, R. That's true. Yeah. That's <laughs> but, um, yeah, he... I want to say he's one of the most, the main one is one of the most famous mm-hmm. um, characters. I want to say one of the most famous Batman villains. Right. And only I say even character because at least one of them was a hero for a bit. Mm-hmm. So, but before we get into that, um, I want to talk about just a little bit of, uh, well, I was going to say there's news, but there's really not. Mm-hmm. Marvel news. Actually, that's not true. I saw and I didn't read the article. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not trying to spread venom because I've only read the title of an article. But I saw something. I think it was like Disney's trying to bury Brie Larson's new Marvel movie. Interesting. I don't know what that means per se. I have not seen this article. And it's. I don't want to say it's really got me worried, but I, I I'm a little concerned if that's the case. Like. Because it really, just honestly, have the Marvels movie, mm-hmm. and if you want to change the ending, end it with Captain Marvel goes out into space and does fuck all. Right. Like, have, you know, Photon or Spectrum, as she should be called, but I'm sure she'll start off as Photon, um, and Ms. Marvel, have them continue being on Earth and do their thing, right? If, if, because I keep hearing stuff of, like, Brie Larson, like shit about Brie Larson, Mm-hmm. Nothing definitive, but just, like, it's not good. I'm like, all right, look, mm-hmm. I don't know, and I don't particularly care. Also, you, I don't think, I don't know if we spoke about this last episode, you and I will be doing a spoiler-free and spoiler-filled review of Ant-Man once you fucking watch the third one. It's me, gonna, the late moviegoer. Yes, it's not your fault. I mean, it's movies. Yeah. Um. And I keep hearing, like, again, I keep hearing people like, meh, it was okay. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing from people that it's also like, if you are more familiar with the comic books, you're going to like this movie more, which is good, because the only Kang I've ever known has been from comic books until Jonathan Majors came along. So right. I'm excited was, for that. Yeah, and he, and I think I think they do all that really well. It's, it again, I'm not trying to make it like a gatekeeper. I'm not trying to be mm-hmm. a gatekeeper. You and I hate doing that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you know the comics, or you at least you know a little bit more about Kang than learning about him for the first time here, yeah, you're going to enjoy it more. Right, which is honestly what we say with a lot of these movies, but there are definitely, I mean, it's definitely not valid, or excuse me, it is definitely not invalid to be, like, just an MCU fan, excuse me. Um, So coming into it from that. Right, and we're starting to get into the aspects with the MCU where things are going to get pretty hokey and it's interesting to see how it's put to screen. And so that's why I'm excited to see quantum mania because it's like with anticipation, because I've seen um, stuff that's like you pretty much only see in comics put to screen before like WandaVision, like Loki. Um, and it's done very well. So I think the same could be said for quantum mania. Just haven't seen it yet. So I can't give you my full thoughts, but I'm excited to see it for sure. I yeah. love Kang. He's probably one of my favorite bad guys. Like, ever yeah so like it's and yeah it it, like you said it's bringing things from the comics 
to the big screen. But mm-hmm. this is not our review. Okay, we still need yeah, yeah. Yeah. you to watch it. Um, <gasps> yeah, I got I got two big movies I got to see in this this March. I got we got John Wick four coming out. We also got Quantumania. It's gonna be a bit of a stacked month for me, and I get paid tomorrow, so decisions will be made. Tickets will be bought. It's gonna be great. Yeah, and uh, but <sighs> before we shift into our um, nice topic, <laughs> that wasn't too bad. That was actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to get a like a clay or like a mud pun. It wasn't coming out. <laughs> Without like you said, that one you can't force. You can't just force mix them together. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> before we uh, turn into sediment, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> before we harden, no, I don't know. <laughs> No, we can't say Harden. That's gonna no. That's true. The way that my brain's gonna go, hell no. We can't go that direction. Shift was perfect. Brain, how about how about everybody? Um, yeah, this is explicit content. Don't show this to your children. Um, what have you what been, have been reading? reading? Zach? Oh, haha! <laughs> Look at that. Same mind. So un- what? We're so professional. One brain cell tied to <laughs> to two minds. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a rubber band just going back and forth between the two of us. You know. <laughs> yes. So I actually finished Ronin. Woo! What'd you think? It was very good. The art, I think, you know, it was the art style that. <coughs> I mean, that Frank not that, Miller. Not dude. that it, right? Not that it threw me off, but that it, um, it was different. It was unique. So, mm-hmm. not that I don't want to say again. I don't want to say I had a difficult time getting into it because of that. But yeah, it's an older book, so the art style that was kind of like an experiment. I kind of, I personally love like the weird washed out like greens and purples and reds simply because it is old i love that sort of like old comic book style and the or like the old dc animation and stuff like that where it's just Mm -hmm. like flat and like very sort of like crisp lines and stuff like that and i think frank he's not exactly in that style but he has that retro feel to it frank miller Mm -hmm. i don't know why i'm calling him frank like i fucking know him (laughs) um but i grew up on that those shades of colors and stuff like that and it's like honestly amazing that i'm not a painter because like i started this with like retro comics i remember my stepdad had like this huge collection and like one of the first comics i remember reading ever was like the original red hood comics where like joker was running around as the red hood and stuff like that and just like the saturation wow like the yellow comic pages that used to be white and it's just the joker running around supposedly supposedly yeah when he had like the literal like like the button top with like the cape yeah the but even and everything still, like that I, again we're still not not the we know a sorry i hate to say a joker yeah one of his origins is he mm-hmm. was the red hood yeah which yeah. og again. og origin but yeah i'm just so interesting glad that you liked ronan it's a cool fusion and yeah. he's doing a second one <clears throat> based no, on i remember you and i were at that you guys were at that panel i'm so excited um, and then I finished Yos- uh, Usagi Yojimbo. That was a big book. Mm. It, it, I, I was like, I'm reading it. I think I got maybe 10 pages in. All of a sudden, the fucking Ninja Turtles showed up. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute. This, this is in the past. They just get summoned from the from the future to the to the past. And right. they're like, what the hell? And they're like, and like, you see a bunch of the samurai. Like, I right, let's kill them. And then one of them is like, wait a minute. Oh, Usagi-san. And it's like, oh, Leo-san. And I'm like, what the fuck? Oh. <laughs> and I looked into the back of the, like, with the colored um, covers. Oh, last word there for a second. There this was go. the era where all four of the turtles wore red masks. 
Oh, cool. So the only distinction was the weapons. That's really interesting. Um, which cool. apparently is also more ninja for them to ha- have kept that instead of everybody gets their own color, which, whatever. Um, I know. Aesthetics change. Yeah. Uh, and then I also got and finished The Adventure Zone's newest comic book, The Eleventh Hour. Nice. And I just love reading, like, what I listened to as one of my first D&D... One of the first D&D podcasts that I actually fully dove into. Like, Critical Role, I was working my way. But by the time I got into it, I was very far behind, and I kind of gave up. So then they're like, oh, we're having Campaign 2. I tried it again. I missed one week of the YouTube. Forget it. Everything. I'm like, yeah. that's three-plus hours. That's, like, six hours I'm working, really my, I'm working my way through the Critical Role campaign that is for um, Vox Machina that they made the show for right now because I want to listen to the campaign and then watch the show. And there's a lot of content there. It's a ton. It's like yeah. it's daunting. So I totally feel that. Like I, I, the Adventure Zone is uh, like the max thing that goes like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And I really. Only, but I like the Adventure Zone because they experiment. Like I've really mostly listened to the D and D stuff. Like now they were they're trying something with like Dagger and the I don't know what the name of the game kind of thing is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like I like this story. It's just part of me is like the rule set throwing me off. Right. Um. So I like I listened to them. I love that they did like three different D and D campaigns. And they actually they did Ether C, but then they they're like all right we're pausing here. We'll come back to this. But we're mm-hmm. going to take a break from it so we can... And then I actually did another D&D podcast. The Tales from the Stinky Dragon just finished their first hall camp. At- yes. That's awesome. Uh, because it's that. supposed to be a Tales being told in a tavern called the Stinky Dragon. So like every episode right. opens with, with like how to make a fake um, you know, fantasy drink. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, um, so they just finished it. They're going to start... Like next week with another one, I'm like, can't wait for that. But the Avengers yeah. on the eleventh hour to get back to that, mm-hmm. it, it's just awesome to see like you were a podcast. First off, I, I think their first podcast was my brother, my brother and me, mm-hmm. which then spanned into like each of the brothers has a podcast with their own individual wives, to the point of like, and then and they got their dad involved, so then now they play D and D together, and and then now it's a book. And That's they've cool. done so many. They're so, like even their dad. I think they worked on a comic book for Marvel. I believe. I think it was oh, Journey to Mystery. Journey to Mystery during War of the Realms. Oh, okay. I think uh, they worked. I, think I had on, that I don't one know. from you. Yeah, you might. Yeah. If the the right through that. Mike uh, Mm-hmm. Their last name. So you want to take a look through that. Um, I also. What else did I fit? Oh, Strange. I don't know if I talked about that book. Nice. Okay. This, so this is after spoilers. Doctor Strange is killed. Right. So after the death of Doctor Strange, Clea is the sorceress. I think mm-hmm. I might have talked about it where Doctor Doom busts down the door and yeah. he's like, the ride is mine. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, this belongs to me in classic Doom fashion. And Clea's like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, nice try. Um, still working on... I've de- I know for a fact I fully paused... With Annihilation. Mm, I'm going to get back to that at some point. I mean, you've been I, chomping at that for a while. Yeah, I think I needed a break. Because every time yeah. I try to open every time I open it, it's just like, ugh. And then I don't want to yeah. read it. Yeah, so, you don't want it to turn into that. No. <laughs> so in true me fashion, I'm still, I'm also working on the Kang Dynasty. Nice. 
And then a recent trip into the city, I picked up four books. Mm. I got The Saga of Scott Lang. Okay. And I got the most hated thing to come out of Rebirth, Heroes in Crisis. Oh, dear. Blasphemy. Listen, it's, again, (laughs) for me, I know. When I, when, when, especially when I talk to other book, other comic book lovers, and they're like, why would you want to read that? Because going into it now, knowing what I know, mm-hmm. knowing the true reason behind it, which was their way of trying to backpedal, which was fine. I kind of enjoyed the backpedal. And they waited a while to backpedal. So it wasn't like an immediate backpedal. It was like, no, we're going to wait a few years. Right. Then we're going to explain really what was going on. Um, and just seeing... And, but, like that may I enjoy it more now. Like I mm-hmm. I know it. I'm just kind of rereading it. But I also understand. But I it was also marketing. Marketing made it sound like even the back of the book it says a crisis like never before. I'm like no. Mm. Don't yeah. make it that intense. It's not when they make it intense. It sounds like it's a multiversal crisis, which right. is what all crises were. Exactly right. All of them had to deal with the multiverse in some way, shape, or form. Destroying it, bringing it back, or it being now being known by the, by the heroes. Mm-hmm. This had nothing to do with the multiverse. This was a small time crisis. This was like Earthbound crisis. Even barely Earthbound crisis. This was like just superhero community crisis. Right. Yeah. Which, I don't know if Young Justice is still going, the show, but they let off. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hinting that whole... at, at Sanctuary. Yeah. Well, we'll see. That's just something else I gotta watch. I'm ugh, watching through Last of Us right now, and I restarted Modern Family. I just gotta start Young Justice and start that. But do it. I do. I really gotta. Um, right. Let's what are see. What you reading, sir? I had a comfort week a little bit, and I also tried something new. So I read through volumes one and two of X Men First Class that I have um, because I missed the OG X Men, and I'm going to jump into that foray now that Sense of Sinister is in full overdrive. Um, I also finished up the second volume of, oh goodness, it's escaping me, Sandman, um, to catch up on that because I had finished volume one and then I took a break. Um, Now I'm going through volume two. That way I can have a lot of source material so that when I watch the show finally, I can sort of experience that whole thing. Um, And I tried something new. I read through uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates' Black Panther um, which was very cool. I like that a lot. I don't have a lot of Black Panther <clears throat> um, comics myself. I have some OG volumes, or not OG volumes, but early volumes. I have a volume where the mantle was passed onto a cop who went around shooting people with rubber bullets. Um, and, you know, then this one. And it's a much more socially conscious, socially conscious uh, approach to the Black Panther story and just sort of culture. And, you know, it wasn't written for me, but the fact that it can sort of be shared and the fact that I can read it and jump into it, I think was really, really cool. And I don't know why I didn't read it sooner. It was one of those things that I had on my radar for a while. Um, And then I finally checked it out and I was like, yeah, this is phenomenal. It's outstanding. It's outstanding. It's outstanding and wonderful. And yeah, so a little bit of a lighter week for me, Um, but trying to keep up flex those muscles i think eventually i'm going to jump into x-men here in a little bit and get that foray figured out um all caught up on spider-man i want to start dark web because typically with these type of things i binge them i've got the unhealthy comic book reading habit so i tell myself to wait a little bit 
Um, <laughs> I'm also still waiting for volume three of Berserk to come in the mail. Not Berserk, Berserker. Because um, okay. that'll be exciting. Yeah. Well, I did. I have been reading a little bit of Berserk, too, every now and then. I try to keep myself up to date with that story because that's just so metal. But that can be a bit much for me every now and then. So I try to take it in right. little pieces. But, yeah, that's what I've been up to. So let's, uh, you know, mold ourselves into podcast mode and then we can keep rocking and rolling here. Uh, 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 Somebody had to do the mold pun. Uh, you that did was shift. Bad. I did mold. Yeah, but shift was co- anyway. Oh, we are talking okay. about everyone's favorite resident thespian in the DC universe, who is a character that's got some serious longevity that I didn't know about. He's a golden age character. Yeah. Um, and was originally just a fucking serial killer with a whacked out weird ass face, and has like evolved into this character that he is now today. Um, we are talking about Clayface. There's also been a lot of them. There's actually, I think, been six people who have taken up the name Clayface. Yeah. All so, ma- Many of them interesting, not all of them good. <laughs> yeah. Interesting is a word that encompasses every single one of them. Well-written does not. No. <laughs> so I think, we have a, I, think I saw character. one. I think I saw one of these Clayfaces that we're actually going to talk about show up with Gotham Mon- City Monsters or whatever. Mm. I think that's. Yeah. We yeah. have a weird version where, uh, like, a mob boss called Mudface, that could have been a really cool version of Clayface. Oh, if I but can, it's, it's just like not. Yeah, we're gonna start out. I want to first. I want to get into the main one, yeah. Basil Carlo, because, I don't because jump into that. Yeah. yeah, because you mentioned Mudface. Mudface was just part of one of the one of these like small time. I think it was like Rebirth, mm-hmm. Batman villains. That was like these are people who had due to shit that during batman's battles like on the side they got affected so mudman was had to deal with basil carlo so they got like part of the powers they're not great right um but to go into basil carlo right clayface's original origin so this is also prime earth by the way mm-hmm. but his original origin origin mediocre actor who had trouble landing a gig, so in order to, to succeed, he turned to the Penguin, who offered him a lump of mystical clay in return for some service. The clay leapt onto him, entering his bloodstream and changing the fabric of his body. His new origin, because obviously mystic clay is stupid. <laughs> but I this know. makes a lot more sense, clearly. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't at all. <laughs> so his new origin saw him as the son of Vincent Carlo, a prop master for movies who used... Renew, a special clay that, when applied to the surface of anything, allowed the user to sculpt it into whatever they wanted, which is actually part of the Batman animated series episode on Clayface. Yes, indeed. I don't know about Vincent Carlo, but the Renew. Renew is there. Yeah. Renew? I read it as Renew, not like Renew. I think it's a play on Renew, but it's spelled Renew. So, R-E-N-U is how yeah. you spell it, guys. So. I say Renu because I'm sort of, I think following the mystical origins of it are kind of cooler. So, yeah. I just like, oh, Mystic Clay. Yeah, not Mystic Clay that leapt onto him. That's that's the part right. where I'm like, all right. <laughs> giving, it, giving it a will, I think, changes it a little bit because then it turns into like a symbiote type deal instead of, you know, him being in control of it. Oh, maybe so. that's where they got the word symbiote. Uh, maybe, yeah. I'll never talk about that shit ever. <laughs> uh, that was the crappiest part of that trailer. Yeah. Uh, his father, so Basil Carlo's father, 
was eventually fired since the production company found out that Renew was toxic. 20 years later, Basil was a successful actor with fame and fortune until he received a call that his father was his father was dead while driving his car and he crashed. Much like a certain doctor that we all know and love. Indeed. Sounds familiar. Yeah. The crash horribly disfigured him and he abused Renu's power, the Clay's power, to keep mm-hmm. himself looking good for his career. Eventually he ran low and planned to steal a supply of it until he was caught by Batman and exposed to the world, ruining his career. He, however, returned to the supply and the police followed him there where they opened fire on the vials, spilling uh, Renew all over Carlo, transforming him. In his rage, he attacked the movie set that fired him, but was stopped by Batman. So, first it was just, oh, I could just change my face. Then it got all over him and he couldn't, obviously, you know, Mm -hmm. control it. I think the way in that episode, spoilers, not really, that he beats... That Batman beats him is he keeps putting up different roles that he can shapeshift into, and he keeps like subconsciously wanting to look like them. Yeah. So he just keeps doing it too quickly, and he can't, you know. Not Which that it breaks smart. his, not that it really breaks his mind or anything, but it's just like ah 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 ow. It's like right. Keep pulling on a muscle, and it will break. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, so it's and like, it's definitely the big thing with Clayface is sort of like vanity. That's very much sort of his like sin that you can assign to him. Yep. So, Clayface then joined the Riddler's army in the war between him and the Joker. So, the war of jokes and riddles, which is a nice... I, I thought it was... I didn't fully read it, but I think that's a really good, like, in a way, year one, year two Batman kind of a thing. Yeah, that was a nice arc. So... I agree. Event, eventually, he took up residence with Poison Ivy during the Death in the Family arc. Clayface then pulled his greatest impersonation yet, Bruce Wayne, after the death of Damian Wayne. He was so convincing he was able to rob a bank and sabotage Wayne Enterprises since he could now copy someone down to their genetic code, but was stopped by Batman and trapped in a vial that could only be opened by Basil Carlo, an identity he can no longer inhabit. So he has fully lost himself to being Clayface and being anything but Basil Carlo, which I have to imagine, this is just me imagining it, Batman chose Basil Carlo, but not the Basil Carlo before the accident. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Clayface could definitely do that, but because it's supposed to be the Basil Carlo right before he turned into Clayface, he doesn't want to look like that. Right. So so he can't do it anymore. Also, I believe in Hush, this is a little bit of New Earth stuff, it was either him or a different Clayface that impersonated Jason Todd as Hush. Oh, yeah, you're right. That was actually the first time we see Jason Todd showing up again in Batman books since he died mm-hmm. and then i feel like was it was pi- basil I'm, i feel like it was it sounds but, like um, some shit he would do honestly <laughs> again he was hired by hush to do that so mm-hmm. uh he was released when the crime syndicate invaded earth and was given a section of the city that he drowned in clay to call his own after arkham's destruction since there was no batman anymore i can't help but imagine i'm sorry but the crime syndicate divides up gotham into who you know, the biggest players of Gotham. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine Poison Ivy didn't get a part of that, and she just drowned it in plants. Right. How do you compensate? Like, do they, like, put up lines of, like, all right, Carlo, you cannot go past this street. Ivy, your vines got to stay. Your vines can't go past this avenue. Like, because right. <laughs> these are villains. I highly doubt they planned that shit that far. 
Oh, yeah. No, it's just sort of like, I feel like a rough sketch on a map that a penguin does, that penguin does with like purple crayon, and then they have to adhere to it. Probably. Um, <laughs> however, the piece did not last, and Clayface teamed up with Mr. Freeze and attempted to recruit the rogues after Bane recruited the prisoners of Black Eight to challenge the Arkham prisoners. Oh, see? Right, right there. Boom. Doesn't last long. Also, which rogues? Flashes or Bruce's? Uh, I believe Bruce's. No, Flashes. It was Flashes. Okay. I was going to say, there's only one team called the Rogues. Everybody else is just called, like, rogues you know, gallery, a member of yeah. someone's rogue gallery. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Rogues denied their invitation, sparking a three, three-way war in which Bane called himself the victor. It's fucking Bane. Yeah. Of course he's going to take Like, I've, oh, all right, great. I'm fighting a giant monster of clay. Just play on his vanity. Right, exactly. And then I'll beat the shit out of him. And I also think just, like, Bane is just, like, a lot more, much more well-suited as a villain than people can sort of, like, call him out to be. He very much falls into sort of, like, the big meathead muscle archetype, like the barbarian archetype for D&D, if you will. But, like, that's not not him at all. And I think there's a lot of similarities between him and Batman that are pointed out in a couple issues that I think is a really smart way to write his character. Um, Bane is super underrated, so me personally reading this, I was like, yeah, of course Bane fucking wins. But I think people dumb him down a lot easier than they should. He's a pretty, he's yeah. a much, he's a deeper character than people think he is. He's not like, I mean, a philosopher or anything by any means. But I mean, he can be, but like, again, if he's on Venom, he he doesn't have his men- mental facilities right. for the most exactly. part. Uh, for a lot of the time, but like, mm-hmm. it's only when it's active. When it's not active, and he's been away from it for a bit, right? pretty smart um after the arkham war clayface attempted to leave the city but was captured and a part of his body stolen by cultists who want to wanted to revive morgan lefay i don't know why you need clayface but sure he was rescued by ragman that's a weird person i'm sorry i might see ragman i'm shitting a brick okay (laughs) that man (laughs) is terrifying i was doing research for ragman for this episode to see if we could find different alternate versions of him. Sidebar, there's like literally one and Clayface popped up and I was like, oh, they actually have like a little escapade together. How cute. And that's how Clayface showed up for this episode because I originally wanted to start with Ragman because I was like, he's super weird and out there. And I was like, I bet you very little people know about him, but there's just already so little about him in general. And so one thing led to another. Sounds like we need to do unknown magic users of the DC universe. I honestly have been trying to do that for a while because there's some really weird, like super. Tracy thirteen. Yup. There's some really. Uh, what's his name? Black Alice. Uh, Zatu the Incredible or something like that. There's one like weird Silver Age DC sorcerer that I want to find that I saw the other day when I was doing some research. Black Alice is pretty damn. Cool. Black Alice is also very good. Yeah, uh, Black Alice is one I learned about recently, actually. Um, and to quickly talk about your point about why they need Clayface for Morgan Le Fay, I just, it doesn't explain it in the research that I found, so I sort of, like, headcanoned it to, they can use a piece of his body to mold something to bring her back. That's kind of how I sort of just created it. Oh, boo. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's Clayface. Um, there's there's only so far you can go with this character, unfortunately. Uh, cultists are dumb. Yeah, so true. Ragman saved him by letting him rebuild uh, in his bathtub because he was remember he was a bunch of pieces. Now stricken with amnesia for mm-hmm. some reason, uh, Clayface joined Batwoman's team to stop Morgan Le Fay. And while their initial plan failed, and Le Fay was able to turn Gotham into a medieval era city known as New Camelot, 
Because of fucking course she's still obsessed with this shit. Yeah, why not? With her as its ruler, the team of the unknowns mm-hmm. made one final move against the enchantress and trapped her within a magic stone. What? Yeah. The unknowns are sort of Clayface, you got Ragman, you got Batwoman. It's sort of like Batwoman is kind of like the biggest heavy hitter on that team, but it's sort of a collection, a myriad of um smaller unknown DC characters. For the rest. I can give you the full team list here. Keep going. All right. All right. Good, because I kind of Googled DC Unknowns, and I get the challengers of the unknowns, and I'm like, that can't be right. No, 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 no. Um, so, Basil Carlo worked as a hero. Working as a hero did not last long. As the city returned to its normal state, and Joker enacted his endgame for Batman and started, and started by releasing all the inmates from Arkham, Arkham <laughs> subsequently poisoning them all with Joker Venom. Only those with an immunity were able to escape his effects. Clayface joined those unaffected who were teamed up who teamed up with Batman to stop Joker as they all agreed he had gone too far. Sure, I guess that's that's the point we all decide Joker's gone too far. Not murdering a bunch <laughs> of not murdering a lady in a whole room full of babies and leaving her ass there. Not even right. a lady. I'm sorry, Jim Gordon's wife. Yeah. <laughs> not even just some girl. Fucking Absolutely hell. correct. Jesus. Sorry. Joker, but when you kill your boyfriend's best friend's wife, there's a problem. True. <laughs> uh, but, sorry, I can't what, what did I see? It was a quote from a TikToker that you and I both love. It was like it was like a roast of the villains and Bane. Like he's playing Bane and Joker, and Bane gets up and he's just like, "He's never gonna fuck you, clown." <laughs> it's like <laughs> you will never break Batman the way I broke him. And I'm like, that's savage that's so good another reason to uh, love pain there you go so eventually after attempting to smite his old acting teacher and having it fail carlo joined batman who offered him a place on a new team he was building out of the belfry with red robin and spoiler and orphan and batwoman and the gotham knights yeah it was a very good book and then they quote unquote killed off uh tim yeah uh, which was by the way um the unknowns is not a listed team because it was literally around for like one issue so it's basically just kate kane batwoman clayface and Bragman. okay so like a shit it was literally of, just of like marvel's defenders right yeah it was just kind of like who does she We're have here. at this moment to help her take down morgan the fay somebody must have named them the unknowns yeah somebody it was probably just like a, a subplot or a subtitle fair uh so Clayface proved vital to an evacuation of Gotham due to flooding from a hurricane as he split himself into entire units of police officers to lead the evacuation. Clayface is eventually infected by the Monster Man serum, leading him to destroy enormous sections of the city, but he is shot with a bullet that would kill him once and for all by Kate Kane's father. I think he made the bullet, but Kate mm-hmm. shot it. Yes. And it, it's thought to be killed until it's revealed Basil is alive, just depowered. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, after eventually regaining his powers thanks to Dr. October... God damn it. Yeah. Carlo is then seen leading a, a coup against the peacekeepers and serves a more anti-hero role in recent times. Who the fuck is Dr. October? Dr. October, he's like kind of a weird character. Honestly. I know some of you just went, wait, Zach doesn't know? Listen, it's a new character. It, he is, yeah. Fuck it. Okay, even the, okay. with the peacekeepers. Peacekeepers are like shittier versions of Peacemaker. Right. Um, <laughs> and a whole and, unit of them. 
Dr. October, she works for Argus. Oh, that, that explains it then. Yeah, so it's like she's one of those. She's just sort of a mad science archetype. Oh, what's the acronym for Argus again? Oh, let me look it Argus is Armed Revolutionaries Governing Under Secrecy. Yeah, there you go. Sure. Or Anonymous Ranger Group of the United States. So even Weird. worse. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure he got infected with the Monster Men serum because of the victim syndicate. Mm-hmm. Which is where Mudface comes in, too. Mudface is yeah, part Mudface, of the victim syndicate. Yeah, I think it's Mudface. This is so weird. Apparently, Anarchy and Madame Crow were part of it. Or Anarchy was part of it. Were part of the victim syndicate? Yes. Oh, cool. Um, hmm. Apparently, cool. this was led by somebody, and I just want to quickly go over to the victim syndicate because it's related to Clayface. Yeah. Right. The first victim is the leader of it. They wear like a red blood stained kind of mask. We never see who it is, which I, it's, I think it's a reference to Red Hood. Mm-hmm. So is a mysterious criminal that claims to have been the first inadvertent victim of Batman's vigilantism. Probably something relevant to the Joker, like of the Red Hood. Right. We're not sure. Guy Mandrake, Mr. Noxious. Oh, Mr. Noxious. He's so he's cool. got toxikinesis. So literally, so he was left under poison ivy's control for too long. He developed the power to make those in his vicinity very sick and infect them with the poisons just by making eye contact, which is fucking terrifying. Yeah. Because he just looks at you. And you <clears throat> like shit. Yeah. yeah. It's mud gross. face. Yeah, mud face, like we said, and malleable flesh. Set of second skin. Uh, it was she was a production assistant on the set of uh, Basil, one of Basil Carlo's uh, movies, so she was a fan, right? Uh, he, I guess he was, he tried to hurt the casting crew at one point after becoming Clayface. Mm-hmm. She was doused with chemicals during Carlo's attack, but according to Carlo, he drowned her in the chemicals. It would be the same conversation, talk about the memories of his time as a villain being hazy. Uh, her so basically, she has malleable skin, monster, and uh, a monster's appearance. That's really all she had. She didn't really like do much, I think. No. Uh, then we got the mute, who he can make other people stop talking with his mind, which is apparently um, an allergic reaction to the Joker gas. <laughs> Jesus. So, and then, yeah. Like, Pretty gnarly. Anarchy, Pretty, like, yeah, anarchy was just like, part of it, and. Yeah. Uh, Madam Crow was the, a former victim of Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. So she made more like a paralytic toxin. Huh. Uh, it's got anti, anti-fear toxin, which removes the fear in the hope of keeping people from fighting to avoid their own trauma. Right. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a team that's just like full of sick people. Okay, yeah. Victim syndicate. Yes. But again, Basil Carlo, we see him go from a hero to now an anti-hero. So he's like, mm-hmm. listen, I... But I also, I kind of get, like, the amnesia and not really remembering things, because your mind is all, your mind, your, your brain is also part of the clay. Right. I think it's even more, not even malleable, but it's, like, it's even easier to forget things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you take, or if you take the right piece of it, honestly. Literally losing a piece of yourself, so. Yep. All right. <clears throat> now we're going to go back in time a little bit to the third clay face, or Preston Payne from New Earth. This guy is super metal. He's really gross. Um, Preston Payne was born in Acromegliac, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, He's a victim of hyperpituitarism, 
And so hyperpituitarism has to do with your pituitary gland, which is what helps you develop growth. Um, and I believe also taste, um, but it ends up distorting his face and his body. So he's literally born um, with some sort of genetic hyperpituitism that causes him to look deformed in a sense. But <clears throat> despite the constant bullying all throughout his childhood, he had an exceptional intellect and graduated top of his classes, eventually moving to the STARS lab, Gotham City branch. Um, and after visiting nearly every plastic surgeon in the country after getting established, he seeks a man named Matt Hagen, or the current Clayface at the time with Prime Earth, who had the ability to mold his own features. And he's able to take a vial of his blood and use it in a serum to aid in his hyperpituitarism. Um, and it works. He actually finds some success. Um, and he goes on a date. He's having a nice night. But unfortunately, on that date, the effects of the serum wear off or they go horribly, horribly wrong because his face literally starts to melt away while he's on the date with this woman. And when she sort of like turns around and sees him, of course, she sort of like recoils in horror and he grabs her to sort of to be like, no, I'm not a monster because it's that cheesy sort of like early comic book Prime Earth story, which is great. Um, and he realizes as he grabs her that he can also transmit the disease that is afflicting him. Um, so he's absolutely stricken with panic. He makes his way back to his lab where he's able to construct a suit to keep his now melting mass in one piece. And the suit is pretty much why Preston is remembered. Um, <clears throat> not only because his Clayface version is so metal and so like a little bit more grotesque than you find with the normal Clayface or just with other versions in general, um, that it's, <laughs> it's wonderfully cheesy. He kind of looks like Mr. Freeze in it, honestly. He's got like this sort of weird bubble that sits around his head and that's got this awesome utility belt and these boots and everything. It's so great. Um, and he also realizes after putting the suit together that it does keep him in place, but he needs to like, quote unquote, release his condition every night. Um, otherwise, his symptoms will overwhelm him and kill him. Um, so he doesn't like to take lives. So each night he stalks the streets and chooses an unwilling person with no family that he researches to alleviate his symptoms and essentially just like sacrifice so he can keep living. Um, eventually, Batman catches on to his like murder trail and confronts him when he breaks into Starhaven's labs for a device that could supposedly cure him for good. Batman then pursues him to the top of the Gotham Bridge, where Preston escapes by just flinging himself off of it. And Batman eventually tracks him back to his base of operations at the Knickerbocker Wax Museum where he attempts to install the new age tech into his suit, but is interrupted by Batman. And during the conflict, a candle tipped over, leading to a fire in the museum. I just want to pause for a second, because I... Clayface is by no means my favorite character. Um, the longevity, I think, is something to sort of talk about and stay interested with in his character. I also, after doing research, think Preston Payne is a good reason to talk about Clayface, because he falls into so many amazing old retro comic tropes that are so wonderfully cheesy that there are some times that DC can jump the shark. And I think this is a great example of jumping the shark in a perfect way. We have a dude who's literally melting apart. He constructs this sort of like weird new space age, space rage suit to keep them together and decides that his base of operations should be in a wax museum. Like, I feel like he's just got the makings of the classic superhero villain without, like, a twirly mustache. And it, not like he would be able to keep it because it would melt off his freaking face anyways. 
So <laughs> it's just so great. But Batman ends up saving Payne and dragging him out of the fire. But he runs back to save some of his equipment in addition to a mannequin that he named Helena since he claimed it was the, quote, most important thing to him in his life because he didn't have anyone else who would hang out with him. So he is presumed dead after he goes into the fire. Oh, excuse me. So sorry. Um, but he survives by jumping into the river with his suit on, thankfully. Otherwise, he would, like, disintegrate at the last second. And he starts to search for a new Helena. And he finds her in an old department store where he hides for a few days. But eventually, another one of his victims shows up because he has to kill somebody to survive. And Batman and the GCPD surround the building. And he's admitted to Arkham with Helena. And he's allowed to keep her in his cell with him because it, quote, keeps him docile. So there you go. And weird. however, yeah, super weird. However, his piece is short-lived since Basil Carlo, the original Clayface, who is also around at this time, because as we say, he's sort of just like the guy. He is the Clayface, wanted to unite all of those with abilities similar to his into his quote-unquote mud pack. So this is like the Clayface team-up. And using another individual, Sandra Fuller, who we will also talk about, she's able to impersonate a powerful telepath, the Looker, and tap into his powers to convince Preston Payne to escape. After being quote-unquote rescued by Carlo and Fuller, Payne wakes up after being shot with tranquilizer darts by the guards and slaps Carlo after learning why he was out, claiming that he wanted no part in his schemes. Carlo and San Carlo had Sandra mind-control him again to rob the Gotham First National Bank, and she accompanies him on this mission, except disguised as Batman. So once again, they're disguising themselves as the Crusader to sort of like sully his image. And Basil wants to, as I said, sully the name of him and also gain funds so he can keep the team up going. So they stage a second robbery after the first one works until Batman catches onto their trail. And seeing Basil and Batman come to blows, Fuller learns that Basil was actually planning to betray both of them and take pieces of their sort of clay components, I guess, and add them to himself so he could become, quote unquote, ultimate clay face. So she saves Preston and escapes with him. She essentially knocks him out by just like straight up punching him. And then she turns into a clay eagle and flies away with him <laughs> and sort of expresses her love to him once they're in safety. And they actually fall in love and they find a cave outside of Gotham to stay in. Um, and they like sort of live, live a kind of normal clay heavy life and it's actually kind of sweet for a while um sandra actually gets pregnant they have a son they name him cassius clay because of course they do um <clears throat> but of course pain symptoms at some point had to claim another victim and he is sort of blackmailed and found out by a serial killer named abattoir who takes his son um and has preston kidnap a wealthy elite in order to have his son return to him and he is able to complete the deal but has to kill several witnesses, which um, puts Batman back on his trail where he's knocked out with a special gas and taken as a prisoner back to Star Labs. So Batman sort of thwarts the plan. Batman does stop Abattoir at some point, um, but it's not until after he stops Preston. Um, and Preston eventually gains shape-shifting abilities, such as Basil Carlo, and is apparently killed when he was used as a Trojan horse for a bomb that was meant for the Justice League, and we have not seen him since. So Preston Payne follows quite an interesting set of events. 
Um, and personally, uh, yeah, I love the cheesiness. I love sort of the old timey villain motif of his vanity fading and it relates to Clayface and he's got a crazy suit, all the things. He's just like a kind of a, a classic DC early prime earth villain and I love it. So, and I did mention that we were going to talk about Sandra Fuller as well. Um, and she is the next one, but a lot of her history kind of follows Preston. So there's a couple extra things that we talk about with her surrounding before she's with Preston and after. Um, but for the most part, when we talk about Preston, you talk about Sandra Fuller as well, because they're both sort of like two sides of the same coin that are pushed together because of Basil Carlo. So, but she's got a little bit of a different origin as well as sort of a end point for her story. Yep. Actually, which is funny because, as you mentioned, right, Sandra and uh, Preston have a child. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about Clayface 1, right? There was Clayface 2, Mm -hmm. I believe, which we're not going to talk about him. No, there's Uh, very little. Clayface 3 is Preston. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to talk about Clayface 4. And as Chris mentioned, we we already talked about Clayface 5, just mm-hmm. a briefly, very briefly. We're also not really going to fully talk about him. So this is from New Earth, same Earth as Preston. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's in Prime Earth anymore. I don't know. No, I think he's fully dead. Okay. Because we haven't seen anything about him. So Cool. So Sandra from New Earth, Sandra Fuller, gained her powers after joining the Cobra Cult, a cult that used genetic enhancements to complete their goals, and because and because she hated her face. She was pitted pitted against the Outsiders on her first... I believe the Outsiders was Batman's like street team of Katana, Metamorpho, Black Lightning, and other people. Yeah, you are correct. Ha- Halo and Geoforce, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, so, at I, that's off the top of my head. Yeah. So, uh, with, with the rest of Strike Force Cobra, eventually, she abandoned Cobra and took her new mantle of Clayface 4 using her powers to take over other people's lives for a time. It worked for a while, but eventually she felt uh, she needed a purpose after growing dissatisfied with her lack of personality. Mm-hmm. Sure. Eventually, after joining Basil Carlo and fleeing Gotham, she was pitted against Batman uh, when they were blackmailed by Abattoir, and he yeah. wanted Sandra to kill Batman while Preston kidnapped the wealthy elite. But she was no match for Batman, because it's fucking Batman. Right. Was easily defeated. However, before she was taken back to Star Lab, she informed Batman of her situation, which allowed him to start Avatar in the end. And like I said, her son Cassius uh, Clay. Cassius Clay. Yeah, literally like um, uh, Clayface. Hey, <laughs> right. is um, Clay Clayface six? Yeah. No. No, he's five. five. He's five. Excuse me. No, sorry. He's yeah. He's five. Mm-hmm. Who's six? Who am I thinking of? Oh. <laughs> Am I... I think another, there's, there's one seven. where it's like... Sorry, there's seven clay faces. Oh. Who's the seventh? Uh, Jonathan Williams. He's actually was a servant, was a... He worked... This is the one who worked for Hush. Ah, there you go. Okay. Because I was about to say, I don't remember. Then there was another one called Todd Russell. Yeah. Not a whole lot on Todd. Todd was just yeah. kind of like a dude. He had a cool design, but... Not a not a very long story or a very yeah. influential story. And like you, and I think previous, I think Lady Clay, as she also kind of goes by, mm-hmm. um, 
her new Earth version is, I think, I would say stronger than her Prime Earth version because she can power, she can replicate powers. Yeah. Like, like she can already shape shift. Then it's like, oh, I'll just be Superman. Boom, I get his powers. Like, damn. Yeah. It's so, but it's also just like you get those powers. It sounds like a much more cooler, a much cooler ability than it is because she gets those powers. But whether or not she can like wield them with complete and total control at that point that that character can, I think is a totally different story. So like yep. she can use the looker's telepathic abilities, but she's not the looker. I still think that's sort of like the original copy could very much like suss her out and take her down if needed, you know? I mean, yeah, telepathically, yes. But yeah, for sure. on the surface level, you might not have you might not have any clue. Mm-hmm. Unlike this next guy who holy shit. This one's terrifying. Thankfully, he doesn't last long. Um, but you ever thought about what it would be like to combine some Joker venom with a piece of clay face? Because you don't no, need to don't. with this next guy. Um, this is, sounds like it's keeping me up at night. Yeah, this is Clown Face. Undoubtedly the scariest looking version of Clayface, clay other than maybe in, you know, a DC black label. Um, this also, piece of Clayface. Yeah, not super great. But, you know, Joker came up with it out of nowhere he's not exactly the most creative when it comes to naming good for schemes but not for names of plans um clown face was a piece of clay face that fell off in battle and was able to achieve its own sentience eventually taking on the form of a mute old man and this quote old man was taken to arkham due to his unresponsiveness and the police assuming that he was unwell and he was just like off his meds essentially and bruce wayne at this point was currently undercover as jack shaw in arkham manor and recognized that this old man was a piece of Clayface, but did not act on it so not as to blow his cover at the same time joker is also undercover in arkham as a guard he discovers that this is a person of Clayface, and he can't help himself he infects it with joker venom which morphs yep. it into a completely separate killing machine good lord totally gross Clownface absolutely wreaks havoc after the Joker gets his hands on him, and he kills several people in the manor before being subdued by Batman and Victor Fries, who frees him solid, and he is placed in Arkham's industrial freezer. And before he can be moved, Jeremiah Arkham goes crazy, releases all the prisoners, which leads to a conflict between Basil Carlo and Clownface that ends with Clownface being absorbed and the Joker Venom being expelled, um, or not expelled. It doesn't really affect Clayface because he has an immunity to it due to his sort of physiology. So but he just kind of absorbs Clayface. The, but then it's affected the piece the of other it. One. So I think it the way, have it technically because it doesn't have its own mind. The way that it works is that yeah, it was its own separate entity. Basil has had exposure to the Joker Venom before. So his body, with its crazy weird physiology that it is, is able to create natural defenses. The new piece of him, Clown Face, has absolutely zero experience. It's just like a little baby clay boy. So anything that gets injected right. into the system, it's just going to be absorbed because its body doesn't really know what to do with it yet. But Clayface is able to just like straight up absorb Clown Face, and that's the last we see of him. So, yeah, he's scary for a little while. He's kind of like a, a a good MacGuffin for the series that he's in, and then he goes bye bye. So there you go. Okay. Yeah, super weird. So, all right, that's Clayface. He's um 
got a little bit more longevity than you would think he would as a character. Right. I mean, even just as a title, like it's not just ba- like Basil has definitely had a longevity, but even just the the title, you yeah. know, different having different versions, but they all like, exist at the same time is not always mm-hmm. heard of before. I, you know, I encourage people. It's not on my recommendations list, but I encourage you to find some of the very old versions of Clayface before he sort of became this mud monster that he is nowadays. Um, when he was like just a serial killer. Cause honestly, that's like a really scary version. You know, Preston Payne has sort of got like the grotesque version of Clayface, but Clayface is just like a dude in the night with a fedora with a scary face. Who's like a serial killer. Um, there's something just kind of like vintage and I don't know, just like kind of interesting about that. So if you're into that type of stuff, if you feel like true crime, maybe OG Clayface is the way, the way to go. So, uh, let's jump into some recommendations. If you want to read about Clownface, his very short run, um, he is in Arkham Manor, Volume 1, Issues 1 through 6. If you want to read about Sandra Fuller and essentially Preston Payne, um, you're going to find Sandra Fuller specifically in Detective Comics, Volume 1, Issues 604 to 607. Uh, if you're looking for Preston Payne, he is in Detective Comics, Issue 477 to 479, 566, and 604 to 607, as well as Batman Legends of the Dark Knight, Volume 1, Issue 197 to 201. So he's got a little bit longer of a run than Sandra does. Um, and if you are looking for the man, the myth, the molding legend, Basil Carlo, you are going to find him in Batman Volume 2 and Volume 3. He's in pretty much all of Batman Volume 2. Um, volume 3, he's in issues 25 to 31, as well as 72 and 75. Uh, Detective Comics, Volume 1, issues 934 to 1058. Forever Evil, Volume 1. Forever Evil, Arkham War, Volume 1. As well as Forever Evil, Rogue's Rebellion, Volume 1. And Dark Knight's Death Metal, Volume 1, issues 5 and 6. He's got an interesting role in Death Metal. So if you haven't read that already, get on there, honestly. Because don't just read it for Clayface. It's just... You can enjoy the confusion with the rest of us. And when we read about <laughs> it, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. So, yep, that's very true. <clears throat> so, that is Clayface. Honestly, I've been waiting to talk about him for a little while. I feel like I like tried to choose him as a character a little while ago, I and s- it didn't work. So I'm glad that I, I put was, a little bit more research into it. Me personally, whenever I think of Clayface, I don't think of him like a typical rogue from Batman's Rose Gallery. Mm-hmm. He's not like a walking... I mean, other than vanity, he's not a walking stereotype. No, he's not. And his character has evolved in an interesting way, too. Um, so it'd be interesting to see him... By walking, like, sorry, by walking stereotype, I mean like a mental disorder stereotype. Right. Yes. Yeah, because so much of that is already overdone. This is just something that, honestly, people can relate to, which is looking pretty. So... It grounds him, yeah. if anything. It'd be interesting to see him lean a little bit more into the elemental side of things, maybe in the future as his character. Um, not just Clay, but there you go. That's Clayface. Yep. All right. I can't think of a good pun to... <laughs> I think we've hit the two ones that'll be the best, honestly. Yeah, I think... I really don't think there's anything else we can do for that. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't want to make it a stretch. Um... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You son of a bitch. (laughs) So join us next time for another comic character.